And a very good morning. Interview time here on Worcester Radio and our good friend Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office Talking Agriculture joins us here today. Rory, as always, a very good morning. Good to have you in here today. Thanks, Ron. Good to be here. All right. Well, our topic today with Rory is going to be frost seeding to renovate pastures and hay fields. And uh, Rory, if you would, begin by defining the term frost seeding for our listeners. And if you would, after the definition, what time of year is best specifically for this practice? Okay, sure. Well, frost seeding uh, simply involves broadcasting seed over a pasture area uh, or hayfield area and then letting the natural freeze-thaw cycles that uh, we experience this time of the year, late winter and early spring, help to move that seed into good contact with the soil. Now, the key is getting freeze-thaw cycles where we have frozen soils, uh, you know, overnight through the morning hours and then getting some daytime temperatures in the 40s that thaw the soil in the afternoon. So in our area, we typically think, uh, you know, late February uh, through March is generally a pretty good time frame to consider frost seeding. Has that been different at all this year, Rory, with the mild winters? Have we had enough evenings where we've gotten the cold enough and then warm back up, or is, is it a little bit off this year? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit off. Uh, you know, we don't have as many of those days with those those typical freeze-thaw cycles. So if you're planning on doing this, you kind of got to watch the weather forecast and, and plan around it. Yeah. Okay, so beyond the freeze-thaw cycles, uh, cycles, what else is required if you need to successfully frost seed? Does frost seeding work on any pasture or hay field, or is it specific to certain kinds? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So successful frost seeding really depends upon, again, that good seed-soil contact. So a basic requirement for frost seeding is to make sure that your sod cover, again, whether pasture or hay field, has some open areas. So remember, uh, this is a renovation technique. Uh, so you got to have something there and, and maybe a, a stand that's beginning to thin out. So looking down into your your field or pasture, you've got to be able to see some bare patches uh, of soil. If the sod's too thick or there's so much forage growth present that the broadcast seed is not going to fall onto bare soil, uh, then you're really just wasting your time and money. So generally, a pasture is prepared for frost seeding uh, by grazing it down hard, uh, beating it up a little bit in order to get some of that soil exposed. Uh, in some cases, especially maybe on a hay field, uh, you might consider some light tillage uh, that could be used to open up that sod and create some exposed soil. Uh, again, that, that might work best uh, possibly on a hay field that's going to be renovated. All right, Rory, three-part question. First, do all forage species work equally well in a frost seeding? Second, can you frost seed both legumes and grasses? And then finally, third, are there any preferred forage species that work best? Are there any that, that you should look for before others? Sure. Uh, I think it's important to realize that all forage species are not suitable to frost seeding. Uh, what we really want here, again, because we've got to get down to the soil and we're broadcasting, is small, heavy seed. Uh, that works best for frost seeding. And in general, uh, when we think about that, clovers have the best frost seeding success. And red clover, uh, in particular, is probably the most widely used forage species when it comes to frost seeding. Red clover has a high seedling vigor. Uh, it's tolerant of a range of soil pH, fertility conditions. It tolerates drought better than white clover. Uh, so it just it fits in. It's a very useful forage, and it has that heavy seed. Now, bird's foot trefoil, it's another legume. It's also a possibility for pasture situations. But uh, if you're going to do that, you should be aware it is slower to establish uh, than some of our other types of species. Now, grasses... Uh, 
they have less success with frost seeding. Uh, they tend to be, a, again, a lighter seed. Um, but uh, there are some that, that can be used in certain situations for frost seeding. And, and if you had to pick a grass, uh, your perennial and annual ryegrasses uh, do the best in frost seeding. I've also heard of some successes with orchard grass being frost seeded. Uh, but those stories and, and those successes tend to be much more limited. Uh, and it's also not a good idea to frost seed both a legume and grass seed together. Okay, well, I, I'll ask you that right there. Uh, why not? What is the issue, Rory, with seeding a grass and a, a legume together? What's the problem there? Yeah, uh, really, it's just straight physics. Uh, it's, it's just about the difference in, in seed weight. So frost seeding is done by broadcasting or you know, spinning the, the seed onto the field, uh, very similar to what you do with a granular fertilizer application. Legume seed is heavier than grass seed, so when it's spinning, it's going to get thrown out further than your grass seed. So if you have grasses and legumes in a broadcast together in a mix, uh, you're usually going to get some alternating strips in the field. It's not going to be uniform. Now, another tip that uh, some experienced frost seeders use is to broadcast at half the rate in one direction and then come back in the other direction with the other half rate. And again, they get a more uniform stand. And Rory, wh what kind of a seeding rate is used when you're talking about frost seeding? Yeah, that's a, another good question. And again, because broadcasting is not efficient as drilling a forage into the soil, uh, seeding rates are typically increased. So red clover is generally broadcast at about six to eight pounds per acre, white clover at two to three pounds an acre, and bird's foot trio trefoil at four to six pounds an acre. If you look at some of those grasses, again, ryegrass, uh, 10 to 15 pounds an acre, and then orchard grass at four to six pounds per acre. Once again, Rory Levendusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking today with us about frost seeding. And, and Rory, are there any other cultural practices that can help frost seeded forages to stick around in the pasture or hay field? you know, after they germinate, anything else that we can do? Yeah, that's a, that's really a good question. Uh, because if, if the reason that your pasture or hayfield is thinning out is really due to a soil pH or soil fertility issue, then obviously frost seeding is just going to be a real temporary fix. Uh, so uh, make sure your soil pH should be around 6.5 or higher. Your soil phosphorus uh, should be in the 30 to 50 parts per million range. Soil potassium should be in the 125 to 150 parts per million range. Uh, and then another good tip, uh, if you're seeding a legume that hasn't been grown in that pasture hay field for a number of years, it's a good idea to inoculate uh, that legume with the proper bacterial inoculum to make sure that uh, the bacteria responsible, the rhizobial bacteria, are going to be able to fix nitrogen and get the true benefit of that legume that you're frost seeding. And then finally, uh, just recognize that frost seeding is not going to remedy a, a poor pasture management. So again, if your pasture's thin, just because you continually overgraze and don't manage, frost seeding is only going to be a band-aid and not a, a long-term solution. Rory, are there any other conditions besides a pasture or hayfield renovation where you can look and say frost seeding could be used there as well? Yeah, there, there actually are a couple that are used. So sometimes clover, and again, this is mainly red clover, is frost seeded into a small grain field that was planted in the fall of the year. So um, <clears throat> I've seen this done with both uh, winter wheat and winter barley. Uh, usually it, the reason this is done is uh, that you're going to take that small grain crop off, harvest it as a forage crop, uh, so you're taking it off early, and then you've got that uh, clover coming in underneath, and that works uh, then to get that crop ready and you've got a, a hay field ready to go for the rest of the year. So it can work in that situation as well. 
All right, Rory, I'll close by asking about the, the mechanics, I guess, of frost seeding. What type of equipment does one need to do this? Sure. Well, depending upon the size of your pasture paddock or the hay field, uh, you can broadcast uh, by hand with a hand crank broadcast seeder. So you're just going to be walking back and forth across the field with this uh, seeder. Now, for larger acreages, you're going to want to use a broadcast seeder that could be mounted on an ATV or maybe as a three-point attachment on a small tractor. And one other twist that uh, I've gotten a few questions on and, and I've actually seen work uh, in, in some years uh, is that you can combine frost seeding um, with livestock and, and use the hoof action of, of livestock to get frost seeding. Now, under that scenario, you would let either your cattle or sheep uh, maybe start to graze a paddock that's really got a lot of sod cover, or a lot of forage on it. So they open it up a little bit. You go in there and you frost seed. Uh, you keep your livestock on there maybe for another day or two to allow them to trample that seed into contact with the soil. Uh, now the, the caveat again with this is that uh, that works best when our soils are not completely saturated. So we really have to be careful in years like this and kind of pick your spots where that might work. All right, Rory, as we wrap up our interview, we always ask you uh, where people can find out more information about our topic today. So please let everybody know how they can get more details. Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. I've got some information up on our website. And uh, again, these broadcasts are also available by podcast, courtesy of WQKT Radio. Rory, as always, appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Ron. Once again, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County joining us today. We've got more to get to, so hope you'll stay tuned. We'll check in with your five-day forecast right after this.